Welcome to the Humanize the Numbers podcast series. Leaders, managers and owners of ambitious accounting firms sharing insights, successes and issues that will challenge you and connect you and your firm to the ways and means of transforming your firm's results. We want to build better businesses and lifestyles for ambitious business owners. So it's amb- business owners that you know want to improve where they are and they want to... They want better quality of life. They want more for the children. And I look back, and that's an awful lot of what drives me to do what I do. How does a firm of accountants build a highly committed, enthusiastic team of people that work entirely remotely? Well, that firm is Telford's Chartered Accountants in Kent. And Mark Telford and his team have worked remotely for years, not just in lockdown. They've worked that way for years. And they've built a firm that revolves around five core values and Mark shares those five core values. But what impressed me most about the conversation with Mark is how this committed team of his is building efficiency, profitability and client care because of a weekly rhythm they have around their communication. Let's dive into that interview now. So I'm just going to ask Mark to uh, give us a an introduction, please, Mark, to the firm, a little bit of background uh, about your team and, uh, and your client bank, if you would. Yeah, hi Paul. So I I founded Telford's Chartered Accountants back in 2012. Uh, my background was I qualified a long, long time ago, 1994. Left practice as quickly as I could because I hated it. Right. It was very, very old, grey, old-fashioned practice, and I swore I'd never do it again. 2012. That is exactly what I did wow. because my time in industry, and then towards the end of my time in industry, working with lots of small businesses, I found they were just getting underserved by accountants. So primarily, my driver was to provide a better level of service. Mm. Roll forward to now, we're a team of five. Everybody works remotely and always has done. We've got just over 100 clients. That's 100 mostly limited companies, so very, very few sole traders. Turnover this year will be in excess of 400,000, and we're just looking for steady growth, really. We're at, we're, at, we're at a good size, and we just want to keep delivering a great level of service to clients. Brilliant, brilliant. Fabulous introduction, Mark, and, 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 and prompts the first and very obvious question. Uh, if we On a podcast called Humanise the Numbers, you've always worked remotely what or rather how do you get that sense of camaraderie if everybody's working remotely in order to have a, a humanized experience as a, as a as a team or is that just not an issue no it is an issue and um i i'm really focused on core values in a business right one, and one of our core values is communication yes and that's got to be effective lines of communication regardless of who it's with, whether it's team members, whether it's clients, whether it's suppliers, other third parties. So we've got to have really clear lines of communication. So we like to kick that off. Every Monday morning, we have a team meeting on Zoom. Right. That's with uh, most of the time four of us. The four who work most closely together. Mm -hmm. And then I'll have individual one-to-one Zoom calls with the team members looking in a little bit more detail into what they're doing over the course of the week. So the idea behind the team meeting is just to make everyone aware of what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's 
that helps build that team camaraderie, but it also makes people aware of what other people are dealing with in that week. So if they need help, mm. or if another person thinks I need help, but um, I don't think Mark's that busy this week, maybe I can ask him to help me out with something. So, so, so it's that. It, it comes back to having great communication. Right. And have you got a set agenda for that team gathering, Mark? Yeah, we do. All oh, right. How, how does it start? We do. It, it starts off, firstly, I have a very brief one-to-one with my virtual assistant, Tracy. And then we'll primarily run through bits that are relevant for us too. Right. And that normally takes around about 10 minutes. Okay. And then we have Tim and Dan who join join in after that. And it's, it's a quick run through. We've got some, I don't like the phrase KPIs, but we have some KPIs which we measure. And, and it's very much geared around output. It's delivery. That's all I'm interested in. What, what, are, you, what are you going to be doing this week? And what do, you ex- what do you expect to be your outcomes? Right. So, and the measurables for me are very much focused on things like sets of accounts, sets of management accounts, uh, tax returns. How many are we going to get done this week? So the focus is on completion of those this week. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So what's your definition of a, a, a set of uh, annual accounts actually being complete so that you can go, yes, we achieved that this week? Yeah, that's that's them being passed to me for a final review. Right, okay. And and if I just take it back a step as well, Paul, we, we use um, a practice management solution called Onco. All right. And we, we've got that set, set up in such a way that the we've got two or three focal points within that. One of them is the planner, the work planner, so everybody can see visually what's coming up for them in that week or that month. Right, okay. And then we've got colour coding for which denotes what stage that work is at. Right. So I can look in that and I can see what still needs to be completed, say, for a month, and, and Tim or Dan will go through and say, what they're going to be completing that week, right? Okay. What's going to be passed to me? Right. So, and I've, I'm very much focused on this idea of um, it, it's focusing on measuring what still needs to be done, not what has been done, but what still needs to be done. So, I'm 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 not so concerned with how many sets of accounts that we have done. How many have we still got to do? Uh, tax returns. I, yeah, or very interesting how many we've done at this point in the year. How many have we still got to do between now and the 31st of January? Right, okay. And, and, and by, by having that focus on what I might call exception, what still needs to be done, we've got more of a handle on what we need to get done over the next week, month, two months. Okay, uh, so I find that interesting because there's um, one of the conversations I'm regularly having with the firms that I, I, I work with on a regular basis is this uh, shift from what is the natural rhythm an accountancy firm seems to be monthly, you know, in terms of the focus on KPIs. And I'm, I'm curious about why you don't like KPIs. I'm going to dive into that in a little while. Um, so there's I, I, I find typically either a monthly or a quarterly rhythm to billing, to completion of work and so forth. But what you were talking about, which is where I'm at as well, is what if we can get this uh, weekly rhythm around getting work completed? Um, so I'm curious as to um, how much of the emphasis for you and your team is on the weekly performance or the monthly performance in that weekly team discussion. Right. It's, there's elements of all of that. So if I just take it back a step, we, we outsource nearly all of our annual accounts prep. Okay. 
And the big driver there is to get the annual counts completed quicker after the year end. Right. So in order to do that, if I look at, for example, I say, all right, we've got, a, we've got 100 limited companies, 100 set of limited company accounts. That's, that's eight and a quarter a month. Hmm. I want to speed up our rate of production. So I'm going to set you a target of 12 a month. Right. So that's going to bring forward the time or the amount of, it's going to shorten the time after the year end in which year end accounts are produced. So if we think a few years back or probably still now, some, some firms, they're deadline driven. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I want yeah. to change that around. I'm more output driven. Right. So, so the focus now is on 12 sets of accounts a month. Yeah. Uh, sorry, eight, eight, um, eight sets a month, but I want 12. Right, okay. If it's 12 a month, I want I want you to be passing three a week to me. Yes. For approval. Right. The, the next stage is I want to speed that up even more. So I want to push to 15. Right. And and this allows the focus for everybody knows. And I, I hate the reference to a sausage machine. Yes. But in a way, it is. Yeah, there's a relevance to it, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a prep. There's 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 a there's a completion and there's a review stage. Yeah, yeah. So I want a certain number of jobs to be at every stage. Right. Very good. During the month. Very good. So um, so you'll have had that meeting this uh, last Monday at the beginning of yeah. this week. You've got another one on Monday. Um, is the focus on three a week or four a week, or is it on two a week in terms of completions at the moment? Yeah, it really varies depending on the, on the on the the jobs in hand and their complexity. Right. So sometimes it might be four or five. Other other times it might be one or two. Right. But but overall, my main driver is I want to average twelve a month. Right. Okay. All right. So there might be that flexibility and and ups and downs during the month. But by the time you get to the end of the month, it's twelve a month. So that's your, your focus yeah. at the moment. Yeah, and and again, we, we we can look on our practice management software, and we can see at the end of the month how many jobs have have actually been completed. Right. Okay. Okay. So what, one of my sort of um, classic, if I can call it that, sounds as I'm blowing my own trumpet. I don't mean to. Uh, questions is how do you how do your team know they've had a really good week? That, that they've got that flow. You know, they've. They've requested information from clients for a number of jobs. Mm. It's come in. Mm. They've been able to prep it. They've been able to send it to the outsourcer. Again, they've had the flow. They've had the jobs back from the outsourcer. Yeah. And, and they'll be in a state of review. They'll, they'll have had jobs that they've been able to pass to me. So it's 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 fl- it really flow, the flow of the work. Right. Um, and again, a big thing that I focus on trying to avoid is this stop starting of jobs. Right. Which is... Um, it just drains efficiency and productivity. Massively, yeah. Enthusiasm, yeah. profitability. <laughs> All of the so, above, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so just move away from that. So what can we do to eliminate that stop-start? So, so a, a big part as well is on our systems and processes. Yeah. How can we improve them? Because, again, another core value, continuous improvement. We can always do something better. Mm. So, so reflect on what we're doing, and if we do have that team meeting and, and there's something going wrong mm. in part of this flow, mm. then when I have the one-to-one with that team member, mm. you know, it'll be, all right, Tim, Dan, what what should we be doing differently here? Mm. What could make this work better for you? Mm. 
And in the same way, I have fortnightly Zoom meetings with our outsourcer. Mm -hmm. And that will be open. That will be two-way. Um, these are the things that aren't working for us. Yeah. Uh, can we discuss? And then also, how are things going for you? Is there anything that's not working effectively for you? So weekly check-in, two weekly check-in with your outsourcing provider. Um, the how long does that team meeting last, Matt? At the moment, they're probably about 40 minutes. I'm right, trying to get it down to half an hour. Right. And then that leads on to one-on-ones with your, 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 your people. And how long do they last? Normally 30 to 45 minutes. All right. So you've got um, three one-on-ones, your team meeting. Sorry, four one-on-ones and your team meeting. Yeah. Um, all taking 30 to 40 minutes. So that's a good chunk of your Monday mm. done without you actually uh, doing any productive time. No, that, that's... That that's how I position my week. I want to get all that admin stuff done on a Monday. Right. So you get all that um, uh, prepare for a good week done in day one or morning one, which mm. leaves the other four and a half days for um, in inverted commas productive, valuable work. Yeah, my, my week's very very structured, and it's very different from how it was when I started. Because again, when I started, it was just me. Yeah. A part-time bookkeeper yeah so essentially it was and you know that terrible thing i turn up on a monday morning and i think right what am i going to do today yeah, yeah. let's check my email let's see how <laughs> phones first yeah. yeah 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 whereas whereas now it's very very structured so i know what i'm going to be doing every day of the week and, and what does your diary look like for all of your people i i, I very much leave it up to them to, to plan their week yeah they know what the de deliverables are, the output that's needed. Yeah. So, you know, it's structured. They need to structure it from themselves. That's going to work in the most efficient way for them. Again, they're not all full-time. They're all part-time. All right. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm the only full-time person. In the firm. Wow. So what is it, when you add it all up, how many uh, full-time equivalents is that, Mark? Well, the... The other four all work three days a week. So what's that? That's two and a half full-time equivalents. So roughly. it's two and a half, and then there's you. That's three and a half, and you're doing about 400K. So you've got more than 100K per full-time employee. And and I have a coaching business that takes up around about a day a week as well. All right, so you could actually say you were part-time in this business as well. <laughs> you <Yeah>. could actually, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that gets it down to maybe three or slightly over three. Um, mm. So doing very well uh, over the because what one of the reference points that I, I, I bring to a, a, a quick assessment of a firm is whether they're doing 100k per FTE or whether they're right. doing 120k or whether they're doing 80k per FTE mm. and obviously some firms are doing less than that and some are doing more than 120 uh, but it's a, it's an interesting quick reference point so that that's um, that's brilliant so um, so uh, these two I think things are connected in that. Um, you're looking to stop, pick up, put down. So you, I'm, I'm just wondering what uh, what key things have you put in place that have actually, actually knocked that out? Because, you know, I've been working with accountancy firms for over 18 years now. And one of the things that derails the motivation, productivity, profitability, zeal for doing the work is the pick up, put down too many jobs on the go at once. And so when and if those people, those firms can prevent or reduce 
pick up, put down. Every, all, of, all of those good things in, or bad things turn into good things, i.e. everyone's more motivated, the profitability goes up and so forth. What are, what are the key insights that you found, uh, the things that help you stop the um, pick up, put down? The, the first thing was delegation because, again, going back to when it was me, yeah, I'd request information, it'd come in, I wouldn't look at it for a couple of months. Right, okay. And I know I'm not the only person who does that. Yeah, no, absolutely. That. <laughs> and, then, and then when I would look at it, I thought, oh, there's loads of stuff missing. Okay. Got to go back. And, and, and then, it, you know, if I was the client in that situation, I'd be saying, well, what have you been doing for two months if you're only coming back to me now? Yeah. So there's a customer but, care issue there, isn't there? And that, that's one of my yeah. big arguments as well, is if you don't respond to the client when they get the books and records off them, whether it's access to the zero file or access to the, you know, a box or whatever methodology they're using, um, you're not acknowledging the fact that you've received things for a kickoff, never mind discover whether there's stuff missing or not. Yeah, so I was very keen to move away from that. And so delegation and empowerment is is a big one there. So if I, if I look at the, you know, the process now, Say for year end accounts. Now, now, nearly all of our clients use zero. Okay. So, and and a typical thing will be, we'll 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 look at our planner. Okay, there's a job we want to start next month. Mm-hmm. To start the year end accounts, right? So you really need to be requesting that information from the client the start of the start of November. Right. So first thing, go in check zero. If they're doing their own bookkeeping, is the bookkeeping up to date? Hmm. No. Right. Well, the first thing is contact the client and ask them uh, when they can complete the bookkeeping hmm. so we can start the year-end job. Complete the bookkeeping and send your, bank state, your year-end bank statements across. Hmm. So that's that would be the start. Get that information. Check it. Yeah. Is the bank all reconciled properly? Yeah. Yes. Great. Okay. We, we can move on. Yeah. Uh, no, now, and now again, this is a great, great example where scope creep comes in. Yeah, if it's a no, there's there's the inclination the accountant an accountant will have. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll fix, fix it. it. Yeah, Won't yeah, take yeah, very yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a number of problems there. One, it doesn't train the client. Yeah. to do things properly. They don't think they've done anything wrong if they haven't reconciled the bank. Yeah. Uh, two, yeah. it drains your profit, and you're doing stuff for three. And three, you're missing out on this training opportunity. Mm. You know, you, you train them, yeah, so they can do it properly themselves. Yeah. So, and and now, myself as a business owner knows that, but if I haven't communicated that to my team member, mm. they'll just think, "Oh, I can do this. I'll just, mm. I'll just do it." Yeah. So, so a, a big thing again, coming back to communication, is making sure that team members know exactly what's included in the services that we provide for every client. Mm. So there's there's no doubt, mm. um, and and again, practice management solution is working well there because anyone can go into that client. Mm. What are the services we provide? Mm. Right, and again, if you're not sure, ask. Okay, and so do do do, do conversations show up in your team meetings or your one on ones that have you stopping your team doing things that the client yeah. should do or that if you're going to do them, you should be agreeing a fee in advance. Yes. Oh, right. Okay. And how does it how does it prompt that then? How does it flag that up, Mark? What's what's going on for you to identify that? Again, each um, each job there's there's um, now now we don't bill based on time. Okay. But there's there's a time estimate that I would allocate for each element of a job. Right. So you know, like to prep something to send before you send it to the outsource, it should be between. 
be between an hour and two hours. Right, okay. If it's any longer than that, there's a problem. Yeah. What What's the problem? Right, okay. Um, and again, it's also emphasising with the team members how important it is. Look, we don't do the bookkeeping for clients, or if we don't do the bookkeeping, their zero has to be accurate. If it's not, stop. We need to have a conversation. Now, when team members first come in, those conversations between me and the team members are more frequent because they've got to they've got to understand what the ground rules are. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is what we do. This is what we don't do. I don't care what you did before. Yeah. This this is what this is what you do now, and this is why. Yeah. So how how do you assess zero accuracy then, uh, Mark? In 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 the in the very first instance, it, it will be do the bank accounts reconcile? Mm. Yes. Okay. Right. Okay. Let let's now again there's Again, thinking in terms of productivity, productivity and efficiency. Again, are uh, and and again, this has more been built out of the good relationship I've built up with our our outsourcer. Mm-hmm. Now, our relationship with our outsourcer, I compare to having your house, having having a cleaner in to clean your house. Mm. Now, people, I, I don't know because my wife does most of the cleaning in our house. Careful, Mark. Go people- in dodgy territory here. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to stop right there. But people who told me that they get a cleaner in, they yeah. um, they clean the house the first time before the cleaner comes around. Yeah, yeah. And I was doing the same with an outsourcer. I was doing too much preparatory work, right? Which my cost is higher than the cost of an outsourcer. Yeah. And when I when I got comfortable, and and I could see see how good they were at doing their work, mm. I reduced the amount of preparatory work I would do yeah. because I knew they'd spot it in. And highlight it, and if they needed to, they 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 correct it. Yeah. So, in the very first instance, zero uh, accuracy of zero. Okay. Well, does a bank reconcile? Yes. Right. Okay. Let's let's review the balance sheet. Right. Do the control accounts look right? Yeah. You know the typical ones: age receivables, age payables, uh, PAYE. Do they all look accurate? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, if not. And then if we start to dig a bit deeper, right? And, and I'm only talking about probably if you know 15, 20 minutes checking. If there's loads of issues to do with the bookkeeping, yeah, that's a point to stop. Go back to the client and say, look, we found yeah, lots of issues in your bookkeeping. Mm. Uh, we don't currently charge you for this, mm. so. And that's when I had the conversation, and it's three options: one, you correct it yourself. Mm. Two, we correct it for you, but we charge you for it, or or three, we provide you with some training yeah. to show you how to do it properly, and then you can do it yourself. Yeah. I was I was having ex- exactly the same conversation with the firm on Tuesday um, around that zero accuracy piece. And like you, they've got a checklist. It takes about 15, 20 minutes or less. And then there's a conversation with the client around, we do it, you do it with training, or um, you, you you think you can do it without the training. You know, get on with it. Um, uh, interesting. Interesting. Okay, so uh, you've got time element for jobs, one to two hours max to prep the job before it goes off to outsourcing. Mm. Mm. 15 minutes, 20 minutes to assess the accuracy of zero. Um, what else is um, uh, helping you with that? Um, uh, I guess the, the efficiency of the job and the stopping the pick up, put down piece. It's it's really communicating with the team, the the sort of building blocks in that process, what what we need to do to prepare a job to send it to our outsourcer. Right. Uh, now, I, I don't like massively complicated workflows and checklists and steps because then that 
becomes an admin burden. Right. You're not doing the work. You're checking to see what you should be doing. Right. And again, the other thing is the Tim and Dan who work in the business with me, they're both qualified accountants, 10 years plus experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I deliberately went the route of recruiting people who can do the work I can do. Yeah. Because I don't want to be having to train them and check the quality of their work all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, um, yeah. So it's again, as simple I'm, as hiring good people, isn't it, Mark? It, it is. Uh, hiring good people, uh, being open and honest with them, and then being open and honest with you. Yeah. Um, and, and making sure everybody's clear on exactly what they should or shouldn't be doing. It's interesting. I've written expectations down two or three times in my notes here. And what you see is set absolute clear expectations in terms of what's going on this week, what not to do, as well as what to do. Mm-hmm. And and that's back to that you know core value of yours, which is uh, good, clear communications, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if we if we if we look at core values, I mean, just to give you an you know an idea of well, I'll tell you what ours are. There, there's there's, there's clarity, and again, everyone's got to be clear on what they're doing, yeah. why they're doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that leads into communication. We've then got um, continuous improvement as well. Um, what have I missed? What does that mean? No, I've, I've got them in front of me because I wanted to quiz you on this area anyway. Yeah. Uh, so um, can, what, what's uh, continuous improvement? In what ways does that show up in your firm? Because it's, you know, lots of firms talk about this, Mark, but mm. actually the reality is um, you go from one year to the next and um, – or one quarter to the next, if we're being really on it, um, and not a lot's actually improved. So I'm just wondering, what, what do you do to track and measure and show for re- for real that the firm's improving? Okay, so so one of these continuous improvements things is what we spoke about earlier, that is how quickly after a year end we can get a set of accounts done. Right. Then other things such as how many sets of accounts are we actually turning around and getting done every 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 quarter? Right. And then, you know, measuring it. And again, you can't improve something if you're not going to measure it. So I think these things have got to be measured. So so we break that measuring down into onto a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's moving away from this thing. And, and this is where I think a lot of practice management tools fall down is because they're deadline driven. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have to do it yet. It's, it's a bit like people complaining about clients not sending the records until the middle of January. Yeah. Oh, uh, it doesn't have to be done till the end of January. Yeah, it's bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Fine. So, so it's it's this idea, again, coming back to, to this idea of flow. On day one, or, or it wasn't really day one, what, what I found in my practice, um, the first year, it was great. Winning all these clients, they pay me on monthly direct debit standing order. Yeah. I haven't got a lot to do. All of a sudden, I call it the wave. The wave hits you. Yeah. And it comes around to doing year ends and tax returns. Yeah. And Bosch, all of a sudden, you've got this work to do and you've got all these tight deadlines. Yeah. Why have I got all those tight deadlines? It's because I wasn't planning what I was doing earlier in the year. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. this continuous improvement. That set of accounts doesn't need to be done until September. Mm-hmm. Client's year end is December. Okay, well, what's stopping us doing it in February? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, Mark, just to put you on the spot here. So... um. Uh, we're in the middle of November. I'm just wondering, how many March year-end clients have you still got their uh, accounts to do? Yeah, we've still got a couple. Have you? Now, now again, that's that's not 
because of us, that's because of them. Oh, really? Yeah, certain <laughs> information coming through. So, okay, <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't tell you how often uh, an accountant will say to me, uh, how come, you know, asking them the same question I've asked you, how, how come you still got, you know, so many March year ends to do? Oh, it's the client's fault. Oh, really? <laughs> Don't you mean actually your ability to either select the right client or educate the client to get stuff into you earlier? That's yeah, yeah, that's, failed. Yeah, that's that, that's a fair point. And, and I think part of it's become obscured because we're still hitting our targets of 12 sets of accounts a month. Right, okay. And because again, I can throw into you, you know, I've, I know there's a set of August, I know there's a set of August year end accounts that have been finished. There's a set of September year end accounts that have been finished. Because that client has been right, our records are ready. Can you get it done, please? Yes. Well, well, if it's ready, yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we're still waiting on on Paul to send his records across that we've been chasing for the last three months. Hey, no, not me, mate. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I get my year-end accounts 10 days after my year-end, so I know it's not us because uh, we, you yeah, know, we work so, on the system. So. But, again, that's a fair point, yeah, Paul. Yeah. You know, this, this, um, so continuous improvement will include client education. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, so, so there's all sorts of things that continuous improvement. Anything that, that we are doing, and if there's a, a bump in the road and we think, well, okay, let's have a look at why we've had that blip. Yeah. What, what could we be doing better? Right, okay. Okay. Um, you know, one of the big things for me was choosing the right practice management tool. Yes. It's a, it's my third one that I'm using at the moment. So which of those have you used them, Mark? I, I used one that didn't really happen, one called M-Trio. Right, okay, wasn't, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't around very long. Yeah, no, it wasn't, no. I remember it. Uh, I then used Accountancy Manager. Right, okay. And that's, that, that was an, an admin nightmare. Oh, right, okay. It just generated lots of form filling and box ticking, right? And r- rather than again, this idea of focusing on the exceptions, what still needs to be done. Right, okay. So if I look at my dashboard at the moment in my practice management tool, yeah, it's telling me what still needs to be done, not what is done. Yes. So that that brings and that relates back to your uh, one of your core values. Clarity is there because you've got the right practice management tool actually guiding that clarity as well. So it's yeah. actually the, the yeah. you know I just think you know just to add into your continuous improvement, actually using the right tools is a way to um, uh, you know uh, push forward that uh, continuous improvement piece. Um, yeah, and um, you know, with the clarity as well, I think clarity. Important at the moment, not just in terms of the you know where where do I want the business to go, what work do I want us doing, but it's the, as you mentioned, their tools, the tools that we use, mm. and you'll know that accountants are constantly getting sold to about this new shiny toy they should be Absolutely. using. Absolutely, the silver bullet that's going to fix everything. Yes, yeah, and and my approach there is always well, okay, let's have a look at this tool. Yeah, right. First off, do I have the time? to evaluate it properly right now. Yeah. So many people sign up for something, get too busy, and then say, oh, it didn't work. Yeah. Didn't work because you didn't give it a chance. Yeah. So there's this, you know, evaluate evaluate it properly, then then have a look at it. Is is it providing a solution to a problem that we or clients have? Mm-hmm. No? Well, what are we looking at yeah, it for? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, you, you know, you know fi- finally is... 
you know, is this going to allow us to make improvements in our business, mm. whether that's doing things quicker or generating more fees? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I think your approach is absolutely bob on, Mark. And if you look at, you know, I, I, I often find myself uh, talking about uh, Jim Collins and Good to Great and his that book, which has got what, 20 person years of research into that book on some of the, you know, 15 of the, or if there's 11 of the most successful businesses of all time that grew exponentially over a 15 year and they grew every year without fail during that 15 year period and outstripped their best local, their most obvious competitor by an amazing number. And uh, they all use technology, but it was a facilitator for what they were focused on. Um, it wasn't the be all and end all. And I do think sometimes um, accountants have a tendency to maybe drift towards uh, looking for that silver bullet, which is a piece of technology and it just isn't. Yeah, just they're isn't. terrible for it. And the other thing accountants are guilty of, and I think this especially comes when we're talking about additional services, is thinking like an accountant instead of a business owner. Explain. Management accounts, cash flow forecasts, three-way forecasts, budgets. Accountants know why they're great. Business owners don't necessarily. Yes. If if we look at lots of small business owners, they, they've got KPIs in their heads. Yeah. How much cash have I got in the bank? What's my VAT bill yeah. going to be for the next quarter? What's my order book looking like for next month? How much am I owed by my customers? They know those KPIs. Yeah. So if an accountant says, would you like a set of management accounts so you can understand your business better? It's fine, thanks. I understand my business. Fine, yeah. Very well, thank you. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So uh, I, I think they need to, uh, we collectively need to pull it back a bit. And this is a lot of what we've been doing over the last eight months. Oh, right, okay. So what do you mean by pull it back, Mark? What do you mean by pull it back? Go back to basics and think, right, what keeps a business owner awake at night? Right. And it will be things such as, I haven't got enough cash in the bank uh, to pay the wages on Friday. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely wiped out. I've been working too many hours. Uh, we don't seem to have any cash. I don't know why we seem busier than ever. Mm. So if, if, if an accountant can ask questions related to that, rather than would you like a set of management accounts so you can better understand your business? We're, that's in a way, you know, positioning a solution before you've identified the problem. Mm. And then a, a, a bit, a, another fault is focusing on a symptom rather than a cause. Right. I haven't got any cash in the bank. I need, I need a loan. Mm. No, I don't think you do. You're quite busy. Let's, let's, let's strip this back and have a look. Uh, what's, your, what's your credit control like? How quickly after you do the work are you billing your customers? Mm-hmm. How much profit have you made on that big job you did last month? Mm. Uh, and it's looking at those things instead mm. as a starting point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, if you, if you do that with a client and then you can demonstrate how a good set of management accounts can help them spot those problems earlier, yeah. all of a sudden the client thinks, you know what, mm. I do need some management accounts. Yeah, and I think that's a really, really uh, profound point there. You know, is that Yes, go hunting for the problem and then go hunting for the cause of the problem and then connect that up with whatever service line you've got as a firm hmm. um, that, you know, the, the, the client will buy it themselves. They won't, you don't need to persuade them. They'll persuade themselves if you have ask the questions in the right way, like a business owner would, right? as opposed to like an accountant would. Um, so uh, two, two more pieces and then, we, then, then we're done. One was 
you've mentioned uh, clarity, you've mentioned consistency, continuous improvement in communications. Your fifth value that's on your website says congruence. What, mm. what, what, what's that all about? <laughs> <laughs> it's a big long word it, for me, that one. Yeah. Firstly, I wanted another word that began with C. <laughs> Go for the full alliteration count. <laughs> I've got four fingers and a thumb. We're going for the thumb, which is congruence. Go on. I'm sure it was more than that. I'm sure it was more than that. <laughs> it, it is. It's very much, you know, no guesswork. We, you know, walk the walk. You know, we've got the T-shirt. We're not going to tell you to do something that either we haven't done ourselves. Right, okay. Or we haven't done with another client and we know it works. Yeah. You know, we're not just going to make something up because we bought some software. Yeah. And we think you should be using it, right? Okay. It's it's, and I th- this this is also an important makeup of my practice. Tim and Dan, who work in the practice, they're qualified accountants, but they've worked in industry as well. They've worked in businesses, right? So for me, that adds another layer of s- another skill set that we c- where we can add value for clients yeah yeah it's another layer of competence is what was what rings true for me there mark that's that, that's yeah. fabulous no brilliant thank you very much and and i can't let you go you you, you mentioned business owner kpis but at the, right at the beginning you mentioned i don't really like the phrase kpis how cool it's 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 a bit of a buzzword it, it you know you ask a business what are your kpis all right, okay. Yeah, what, what, what you, don't know what you mean. All right, so we're back to uh, accountancy speak as opposed to business owner speak. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I, th- I think, you know, if you were to say to a business owner, how do you know if your business is working well? What, what, what do you look at? What do you measure? Yeah. And it comes back to those things like cash in the bank and order book. Because, again – us accountants are very, very spoiled because we've got such a fantastic business model yeah. where work keeps coming back to us year after year. Yeah. If I look at, say, we've got a lot of construction clients, a lot of those don't know what work they're doing in February. Mm. Now, if you, imagine an accountant being in that situation. They'd be pulling their hair out. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um Brilliant answer. Thank you very much. And uh, sorry to throw one extra. I'm curious as to what, what would you say the central purpose of your firm is? What's the core theme, the raison d'etre of the business? We want to build better businesses and lifestyles right. for ambitious business owners. So it's ambi- business owners that, you know, want to improve where they are and they want, a, they want better quality of life. They want more for the children. And I look back and that's an awful lot of what drives me to do what I do. Right. And and it's this idea of understanding what your ideal client looks like. Mm. And and it's it's not just them, but what you can do for them as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's brilliant, Mark. And it, and it fits right into, you know, we, we, we frame this podcast series up, Humanise the Numbers. And if you're setting about building better businesses and better lifestyles, you've got the, yes, there's the numbers piece around the business, but there's the uh, the humanity around it for the business owners, their employees, which is, applies to you and your business as much as it applies mm. to theirs, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fantastic. Mark, really enjoyed this discussion. Thank you very, very much for... For, uh, for being part of uh, this Humanise the Numbers series of podcasts. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me on, Paul. You'll find more valuable discussions with the leaders, managers and owners of ambitious accounting firms at humanisethenumbers.online. You can also sign up to be notified each time a new podcast is made available. 
This podcast series, Humanise the Numbers, has been made possible thanks to the support of our sponsors, My Work Papers, Advanced Track, Citago, and VFD Pro. Visit humanisethenumbers.online, click the logo of each sponsor, and you'll hear what our podcast interviewees have to say about the sponsor's services.